God, you might make us uncomfortable. God, that you might uh, mess us up. God, that you might uh, give us a reason for having me here today. God, we don't want to just come out of habit or come just out of happenstance. But God, we ask that you would just allow us to hear directly from you and from no one else. In your precious name we do pray. Amen. Amen. And amen. So we're starting a new series today. This is the month of, what month is this? July. All right. Convince me that you know what month it is. This is the month of? July. It's the month of July. It is the month of July. And so we're going to be talking about New You. That is our, 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 our series, New You. It's a lifestyle change, not a quick fix. Hashtag Grace Fit. Now, when you think about uh, uh, health, we're going to be talking about a little bit about health and a little bit about getting healthy. But when you think about health, you kind of think about just a few things. You kind of think about exercise and, you know, maybe eating right. Um, that's kind of like what we think about when we think about health. But uh, we're going to be talking about holistic health, uh, kind of just from a different perspective, not just about eating right, not just about exercise, but holistically, what does health look like? So we're going to look at eight uh, different concepts um, about health. The first being choice, rest, environment, activity, trust, interpersonal relationships, outlook, and nutrition. Uh, those are going to be a few of the things that we're going to be looking at. So you want to make sure that uh, you're here throughout the whole month so that you can catch the whole, the whole series. I'm going to ask if our ushers um, could just pass something out to you now. Um, there's a... Uh, but we're just going to, um, well, at, at, the, at the point in time, if they could, as soon as we find them, um, if they can just pass something out to you, just put that in your hand. Um, but how many people can, can serve to be a new you? When you say new you, how many people think that they can, they can do a new you? I mean, I don't know about you, but I feel like I can do a new me. I can, I can serve to be a new me, Elder Tibbs. Um, when I think about the fact that we're in July, that means that we went from January, February, March, <laughs> April, May, June, and July, and I kind of look back, and I'm kind of just like, yo, uh, what did I accomplish since January, Justice? I'm just saying, like, I mean, you know, when January comes in, you know, you kind of, you think about what you're going to do. You say, all right, I'm going to lose this amount of pounds. I'm, I'm going to do this. You kind of come up with your resolutions. You come up with what it is that you plan to, to accomplish. And now we're all the way in July, and as I look back, I can just, this is, I can only speak for me. I can deserve to be a new me. I'm just saying, as I look back, because we're all the way in July, and I still got some things on that list that I have not accomplished, some things on that list that I have not gotten to, and some more things that I would like to accomplish um, saying that we're in July. But uh, we praise God anyway that we're going to keep going, and that this is going to be the new month that I'll be able to say that I am a new me. Uh, ironically, as I was in the gym, because I'm trying to be a new me, all right? So I've already started. So we, we encourage you to start too, all right? <laughs> uh, I believe this was on Thursday. I was in the gym, and I was watching TV. I know those two don't really go together. But the TV was on, and I don't really watch a lot of TV. Um, but there was a show on. I learned in first service that it was probably on HDTV. Um, I think, I don't know. They said there are several of them, but they were flipping houses. And so... They're flipping houses, and so I'm watching, and there's like a, a, a couple, and the woman is saying she picked out these tiles um, that she wanted to go on the walls in the kitchen. And so she said that they were expensive, so she picked out just a certain amount, and she said that they, they, they had them installed, because the husband's like, oh, that's too expensive. She's like, no, I just want a little bit right behind 
the oven, all right? And so they installed it, but they installed it too low. And so she's like, no, they need to move it up because I want to be able to see it over the oven. And so the husband's like, oh, is it really that serious? And so they're arguing back and forth, and she's like, listen, no, I want them to move it. And he's like, listen, it's going to cost an extra $1,000 to move it. Are you sure we have to move it? And so she's like, yes, we have to move it. So I'm watching the show, and I'm thinking, okay, well, she really likes those towels, and she really wants it to be moved. And then when I realized what the show was, and I realized about the fact that it wasn't even her house, I was, so, I was a little confused about the fact that they were flipping the house to sell the house, but she was so adamant about where she wanted the towels to be because she knew it was going to look better, which it did look better. She was right. The woman was right. It looks better. Um, but <laughs> it looks better, but it was ironic to me about the fact that it was not her home and she cared so much. I was reading a book, and uh, the guy talked about how he was about to move. And because he was moving, he took some time to do some repairs. He started to uh, fix up the, the, the door that had been broken since they moved in, you know, uh, the, the, began to paint the walls, to refresh everything up and make things look a little bit better. And he talked about how he was so just confused and kind of, uh, I don't want to say embarrassed, but mad at himself that he had waited all that time to fix up the repairs that he should have done on his house while he actually lived there so he could experience it, but he waited until he was moving out to now fix the house. And then I have to bring it home, something that I can relate to because, I mean, I can't really relate to flipping houses, but I just think about when somebody's coming over in my house. I don't know about you, but regardless of even, even if, it's, if it's a mess or even if there's just something there, people are coming over. Elder Bozeman, if you're coming over, I mean, I start to kind of tidy things up. I mean, I might, might have to kick something under the couch. You know what I'm saying? I don't know. Maybe not under the couch. you got to start kind of clean up and do what you got to do to make things presentable, Crystal, because people are coming over, so you got to make sure the house is nice and right, that the baking equipment is right and polished, you know? You have to make sure your stuff is good, and so you make sure that you're, you're, you're being hospitable. You make sure that um, they're, they're going to be comfortable, and... It's so funny how we care so much about everybody else, but the Bible tells us that the Holy Spirit lives within us, yet we don't really care. The greatest guest ever lives within us, and we prepare as we could care less. But for everyone else, we have to make sure things are right. When guests are coming over, we have to make sure things are in order. But the spirit is within us, and we could care less about our bodies. We don't take care of ourselves at all. We're not concerned. The Bible tells us in 1 Corinthians 6, that in 619, don't you realize that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit who lives in you and was given to you by God? You do not belong to yourself. For God bought you with a high price. A what? A high price. Listen, he bought you with his life. So you must honor God with your body. It doesn't say you just must honor God when you come to church and, 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 and sing and lift your hands. Listen, it's saying you must honor God with your body. That means like whatever you're doing, you ought to be honoring God. The way you live, we are to honor God. What we eat, we are to honor God. Because see, listen, this is what we think. I don't know if it's just because of what we've been taught or just kind of how our mindset, the way we've set up, but we kind of feel like, listen, I mean, I'm not having premarital, well, if, if I don't have premarital sex, if I don't drink and I don't smoke, then I'm good, because that means I'm taking care of my body, because like that's, that's, that, those, are, those are the things. So I mean, I might be able to check off, like, check, kind of halfway check, kind of maybe, kind of a little bit, check, sometime-ish, check. 
So we go down this list and we kind of, well, I'm not really having, I mean, I'm not really smoking, I'm not doing this. And we kind of feel like, all right, well, I'm taking care of my body. And then some of us, uh, we, can, we can check them all. So we kind of feel like, boom, I'm good, I'm taking care of my body. Um, this is a place that God um, can reside. And we kind of feel like that's okay and that we're doing what we've been asked to do. Romans 12 teaches us um, that it says in, in 12, verse 1 and 2, it says, And so, dear brothers and sisters, I plead with you to give your bodies to God because of all he has done for you. Let them be a living and holy sacrifice, the kind he will find acceptable. This is truly the way to worship him. This next one is one of my favorite verses in the Bible. It says, don't copy the behaviors and customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. By changing the way you what? By changing the way you think. Then you will learn to know God's will for you, which is good, pleasing, and perfect. Listen, it's not telling you to, to take care of your body by having a checklist and making sure you don't drink smoke and have sex. Listen, it's saying change. you got to change the way you think about things. you got to change the way you think about things. There's power in the mind. How many people believe that there's power in the mind? You, do you realize how much power is in the mind? Everything that we do begins in our minds. Listen, if I decide I want to go move this chair, I didn't just come move the chair. I thought about the fact before that I could move the chair, and that might be a good illustration. It came through my mind first because I had to stop, and I had to think about it. Every action you make begins with a choice. It begins with a what? It begins with a choice. God gave us the freedom to have a choice. You do realize that, right? We don't have to. It doesn't have to be like this. We, 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 we don't, we could, I mean, we could not have a choice. God didn't have to give us the freedom to have a choice. <clears throat> Since the beginning of time, humanity has been given the gift of choice. In fact, choice plays a pivotal role in the creation story. It should come as no surprise then that choice is at the very heart of experiencing your breakthrough. Genesis 2. It says, the Lord placed the man in the Garden of Eden to tend and watch over it. But the Lord God warned him, you may freely eat the fruit of every tree in the garden, except the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. If you eat its fruit, you are sure to die. Now, I'm, I'm just excited to, to, to look at this because I, I think we talk about everything so much. I don't know. I feel like I haven't really talked about the creation story or really took too much time to like think about this recently. But like the way God set this thing up is so beautiful. Like it just screams love. Like, I, 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 it, it blows my mind that God gave us freedom to have choice because he loves us. Listen, nobody, if you don't, if, let's, 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 let's make it uh, modern day, present day. When you're in a relationship, if you have to force somebody to be in a relationship with you, that's not love. That's not love. Like, if I have to force you to be, I, I mean, that's not really, that doesn't really work like that. So God is saying, listen, I love you so much that sure, all I want is, for, is, is to be in communion with you. All I want is relationship with you. But if I have to force you to get it, then I'm not, I'm not going to take that route because that's not real love. That's me, that's me pushing it on you. And, and I don't want to push it on you because that's not what real love is all about. Listen, I want to look at how the story unfolded. I'm going to sit down. I'm going to sit down. We're going to read together. If that's all right. Is that all right? Are you guys still with me? Are you sure? All right, let's read together. 
The serpent were the, sh the shrewdest of all the wild animals the Lord God had made. One day he asked the woman, did God really say you must not eat the fruit from any of the trees in the garden? Of course we may eat fruit from the trees in the garden, the woman replied. It's only the fruit from the tree in the middle of the garden that we are not allowed to eat. God said, you must not eat it or even touch it. If you do, you will die. You won't die, the serpent replied to the woman. God knows that your eyes will be opened as soon as you eat it, and you will be like God, knowing both good and evil. The woman was convinced. She saw that the tree was beautiful and its fruit looked delicious, and she wanted the wisdom it would give her. So she took some of the fruit and ate it. Then she gave some to her husband, who was with her, and he ate it too. At that moment, their eyes were open, and they suddenly felt shame at their nakedness. So they sewed fig leaves together to cover themselves. When the cool evening breezes were blowing, the man and his wife heard the Lord God walking about in the garden. So they hid from the Lord God among the trees. Then the Lord called to the man, where are you? He replied, I, I got this, I'll, I'll read. He replied, I heard you walking in the garden, so I hid. I was afraid because, I mean, I was naked. Who told you that you were naked? The Lord God asked. Have you eaten from the tree whose fruit I commanded you not to eat? The man replied, I mean, uh, it was the woman. Yes, anyhow. <laughs> you gave me the woman. It was the woman you gave me who gave me the fruit, and I ate it. Then the Lord God asked the woman, what have you done? Well, I mean, what had happened was <coughs> the serpent deceived me. The serpent that you made. If you didn't make him, I wouldn't have encountered him, and I wouldn't have eaten it. The setup of the Garden of Eden and the Tree of Good and Evil screams. It screams. It screams God is love. Like, when we, let's read this next thing and then let me, let me go. Uh, no, 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 yeah. They had one tree in the whole garden they could eat from. Check this out. That's like God saying, listen, when I say it screams God is love, like God set them up for success. He's like, listen, I want you to succeed. He set them up for success. That's like God saying, listen, <coughs> sorry, like I'm saying, listen, welcome to Glenville. You can sit in any chair you can find except this one right here. I mean, there are several other, there are about 250 other chairs you can choose from. Um, this is the only one. I'm just going to ask that you not, not, not sit in. Um, check this out. Satan was not following them around, nagging them. Like, Satan was not over here, Melanie, like, yo, go sit in that chair. Like, don't, don't, go sit in that chair. Like, no, hey, hey, oh, you guys came back, go sit in that chair. You guys sit in that, go sit in that chair. Listen, you sat over here last time, that chair, I'm telling you, you want to sit in that chair. Like, Satan is not, like, chasing them around Facebook. Like, he's like, yo, Satan, where is Satan? Right there. <laughs> He's right here at the chair. That's right. That's right. 
He's at the chair. When I say God set this up, this is love. Like, God, y'all not with me. Go ahead. Um, go ahead. Satan was not to follow them with continual temptations. He could not have access to them only, he could, he could have access to them only at the forbidden tree. Should they attempt to investigate its nature, they would be exposed to his wiles. They were admonished to be careful, heed to the warning which God had sent them, and to be content with the instruction which he had, which he had seen fit to impart. Satan was at the tree. I mean, if Satan is at the tree... I don't know. Sorry. I'm, I'm choking. I'm having some issues. Y'all, y'all, just, y'all, y'all chew on that while I get some water. Because if Satan was at the tree, I mean, Satan is at the tree. <laughs> He's at the tree. Look how many other chairs are in here. He's at the chair. God is love. God is love. But we have to choose to trust that what God has told you is for your best. We don't, we don't really believe that. We don't make that choice to believe that if God told me not to sit in that chair right there, that he had a reason for me not to sit in that chair. Listen, if God saw all these chairs in here and he tells me, listen, Regina, um, I want you to take a seat. You can sit anywhere but right there. I have to choose to know that God might know that I haven't um, been on my grace fit challenge long enough to have lost enough of the pounds so that if I sat in that chair, that, that the, 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 the leg was a little wobbly and that if I sat in that chair, I'm a fall. I think you missed it. God was saying, listen, don't go sit in that chair because that's not what, that's not what good for you. You're going to mess up. I'm giving you a million other options here because I'm trying to save you because what I'm doing for you, you got to trust me that I know it's best for you. It goes back to the verse that we read earlier in, in, in Romans 12 at the end. It says, don't copy the behavior and customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person. We already decided by changing the way you think. Then you will learn to know God's will for you, which is good, pleasing, and perfect. That's the part that I love about this verse, about the fact that God's will is good, pleasing, and perfect. What does that mean? That means that everything God's trying to give to me is good and pleasing and perfect. You know what that You got to understand that. That means the woman that God has for y'all. Yeah, I'm calling you out. That means God knows, like he knows what you need. That means he has the perfect person for you. And I think sometimes in our mind, we kind of feel like, Man, God's trying to bring me somebody who's wag, who's not, you know, who's not this, who's not that. She not, she not cute, like she not, she not this, she not that, she crazy. And it's kind of like, we kind of feel like God just trying to get you to church, girl. And he, you know, I'm trying, he trying to set you up. Yo, God knows what you need and what he's trying to give you at all times in every situation is pleasing and it's perfect. And we got to get to the point where we can trust him about Every single thing and every detail of our life and knowing, listen, God's got this. He's going to give me what's best and give me what I need. Listen, you have to choose to flee from temptation as soon as you see it, hear it, taste it. Y'all said it. Uh-huh. If that's where it's at, I'm not going by the tree. As soon as you see it, as soon as you see it, as soon as, as soon as the serpent said, 
Listen, because the serpent, the serpent knew what he was doing. He didn't just go like, here, take the fruit. He didn't take the fruit. And also the serpent was like, like that was like the best animal. Like, you know what I'm saying? It was like the prettiest animal. Like, he came, he came correct. He came correct. He said, all right, let me make myself appealing. He came correct. And he said, listen, did God really say you must not eat the fruit from any of the trees in the garden? Like, yo, Eve should have been hit to his game. Like, why are you starting a conversation with me? Like, bringing it modern day, she should have been like, I've got to use emoji. I'm throwing up the deuces. Like, I'm out. Like, I'm out of here. As soon as he started talking like deuces, I'm out. I don't have anything to say to you. Bye. Like, I have nothing to say because we're not about to even start this conversation. Because starting this conversation makes absolutely no sense. Because where is it going? As soon as you walk into temptation, as soon as you see it coming, yo, you got to be like, yo, I'm out. <laughs> like, yo, you see that, like, you see him, just be like, nope, not, I'm out. Like, throw up the deuces. You got to move yourself from, uh, from the situation. The will of man is safe only when united with the will of God. Let's read it together. The will of man is safe only when united with the will of God. Listen, you have to choose. Choose before you have to choose. Choose before you have to choose. Choose before you have to choose. Listen, you got to make that choice before you get in the situation where you stuck to have to choose. I'm trying to help y'all. I'm sorry. Try to help. I don't know. I'm just, I'm just with the young people right now. Listen, because I just know it's so easy to find yourself in a situation where it's like, dang, now I got to choose. And then like, it's like, it's hard. But it's just like, okay, if you, if you know that, like, you can just not put yourself in that. You got to choose before you got to choose. Right, yeah, right, yeah, yeah, yeah. Nice, Y'all not with me. Listen, we're talking about healthy, right? Like, we do dumb stuff. I was calling myself all out. I told him in first service. It's like, you say, all right, I'm on this whole great fit. You know, I'm not going to eat chocolate. I love chocolate, right? Like, I don't care what it is. Brownies, cookies, Oreos. <laughs> okay. All right. Uh, I'm not going to eat chocolate. Okay. But why you still got Oreos in the cabinet <laughs> if you're not trying to eat chocolate? Like, it doesn't add up because now you got to choose. But if, you, if from the beginning you went, I got to get these out of here. Because I know there's going to be a day. A day is coming. <laughs> a day is coming <laughs> where I'm going to have to choose if I'm going to eat these Oreos or not. And this is a true story. I told him, listen, it's a true story. Listen, and I had, listen, I had the Oreos because when we went to Beta, there was some left over. I don't know how they ended up in my house. And that was the Oreos were there. They were on the counter. And I said, you know how you go, well, you don't want them to go to waste. Listen, Rodney, Rodney said, first service, listen, you don't want them to expire. <laughs> you know what I mean? You don't want them to expire. You got to do it. Listen, you got to stop setting yourself up for failure and then looking shocked when you fail. That's what we do. Like, we set ourselves up, and then it's just like, oh, man, I ate the Oreos. Man, you, you knew you was going to eat the Oreos. You ate the Oreos last time. You always eat the Oreos. You shouldn't have had them in the house. I knew that. I knew that. You shouldn't have had him in the house. You shouldn't have him in the house. Oh, my Lord. Listen. <laughs> yo, yo, stop setting ourselves up for failure and then being shocked when you fail. Look, sin is sin. Sin is sin. We see that in the story. Sin is sin. Let's read this. It says, 
had some great tests been appointed, Adam, then those whose hearts inclined to evil would have excused themselves by saying, this is a trivial matter, and God is not so particular about little things. And there would be continual transgression in things looked upon as small, and which passed unrebuked among men. But the Lord has made it evident that sin is, that sin in any degree is offensive to him. Listen, I mean, because it, it's easy to just look at it and be like, well, I mean, it was just one little bite of fruit. Yeah, that's real good. You know what I'm saying? It, it's just one, I mean, that's what Eve kind of was like, well, it's just one little, I mean, you know, I didn't really do nothing. No big deal. Like, it was no big deal. Right. It's one little thing. Listen, sin is sin. We got to stop putting it in categories. Yeah. Listen, we make the wrong choice, and then we're bold enough to use our influence to bring somebody else down with us. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Wow. Mercy. Bold enough. Bold enough. <laughs> All right, you're going to make your wrong choice. You're going to the party. Sorry, y'all the victims for the day. You're going to the party. <laughs> and now you're like, yo, come with me. <laughs> yeah, I know. I know Ma already said we couldn't go, but come with me anyway. Like, do you realize what you're doing? Look, when you use your influence to cause others to make bad choices, you have taken on the role of the devil. Like, no, no, go back. Go back. When you use your influence to cause others to make bad choices, you have taken on the role of the devil. Like, you got to be careful with that. Nobody really wants to find themselves in that situation because that's not a role we want to take on. Wow. Yeah? yeah? We got to stop playing the blame game, too. We got to stop playing the game, too. We read it in the story. We read it in the story. We saw how it trickled down. You know, you have all these men that are, yeah, amen, amen, amen. When we talked about the fact <laughs> that, that Adam, Adam is like, yo, it was Eve. And Eve is like, yo, it was the serpent. And then Adam and Eve is like, yo, but not. It was God because he gave you me and he gave her the serpent. And then we're like, yo, it was Adam and Eve. Because there's nobody in here. Nobody in here can tell me that they're not mad at Adam and Eve. I'm not, I'm not buying that. You don't want to know how I know? You want to know how I know? Because every woman in here hates Eve. <laughs> and because of the same re woman, reason that every woman in here hates Eve, every man in here hates Eve too. Because they have to deal with <laughs> the reason that the woman is in here.
changed the world. It changed the world. And because Adam and Eve's choice changed the world, we are not feelings. Not saying you're not supposed to be. But you want to know a secret? I'm happy Michelle wants to know the secret. Come, let me tell you in your ear because nobody else wants to know my secret. Do y'all want to know the secret? You sure? Your choices are changing the world too. Like, your choices, the choices that you're making right now are changing the world. The choices that you're making right now have effect on the world. Your choices are also being passed down. Adam and Eve's choices were passed down to us, but let me tell you that the choices that you're making, you're passing them down. Some of you already made some choices that you've already passed down. We're talking about health. As we look at, as we look at that, some of, us, some of us inherited some things that were passed down to us, and now we're dealing with those choices that somebody else made, and because they made them, now we're still dealing with them. The choices that you make, are being passed down. Mm-hmm. Choices have consequences. <laughs> they have consequences. As we see in the story, Adam and Eve, the choice, they made a choice, it had consequences. You were designed with the power to decide your own thoughts and behavior. You were fashioned to act according to your own free will. Depending on your choices, you can reap tremendous benefits. God created you with the ability to choose so that you could participate with him in the ongoing creative process of life. Being made in his image means that you've been given immeasurable power to select your surroundings, your relationships, your vocations, what you'll eat, when you'll sleep, and what your attitude will be. You've been enabled with the incredible power to craft your own destiny. Your choices play a vital role in your life. Like, I'm not too sure why we don't grasp that. I'm not too sure why we don't realize that the choices that we're making every day are affecting our lives every day. I'm not too sure why we don't understand that our choices are important, that our choices uh, 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 set us up for, for what's going on. The power of will is very surreal. The power of will is so strong that the only way to manage it is to align it with God's will. Like, it's so strong that the only way to manage it is to align it with God's will. Let's read this. Let's read this. The power of the will is not valued as it should be. Let the will be kept awake and rightly directed, and it will impart energy to the whole being and will be a wonderful aid in the maintenance of health. It is a power also in dealing with disease. Exercise in the right direction, it would control the imagination and be a potent means of resisting and overcoming disease of both mind and body. By the exercise of the willpower in placing themselves in right relation to life, patients can do much to cooperate with the physician's efforts for their recovery. There are thousands who can recover health if they will. What is that saying? That's saying, like, if you have a doctors and nurses and, and physicians in the room, they'll be able to tell you, listen, it's about the will that you have. Amen. Listen, when you're lying on your deathbed and they're giving you all that they can give you and doing all that they can do, if you don't want to survive, you won't. Yeah. 
The power of will. Strong. It's strong. As y'all know, my grandmother passed away a few months ago. And it's so ironic to me that a few weeks prior, she called me, or when we were talking on the phone, she was telling me goodbye. And I'm like, ha-ha, grandma, stop, you know, stop joking around, that's not funny. And she was just telling me, I'm proud of you, this, this, and this, going on. And it was it was weird because, I mean, she's done that before. She's like a real jokester. She's very silly. But to be honest, like, I felt a sense of realness in it. And, like, I've never even verbalized this before, but, like, I literally was, like, my, I'm, like, crying on the other side of the phone because it felt so real. Because... The power of her will (laughs) was so strong that she knew what she was about to do. The power of will is so strong. The question that we have to ask ourselves is what kind of power, what kind of power then do you have the choice to use? If we, if we talk about those on their sickbed, they have the power. But what kind of power do we have on a daily basis that we have and that we have the ability to use? In this conflict of, uh, uh, in this conflict of righteousness against unrighteousness, we can, su- we can be successful only by divine aid. Our finite will must be brought into submission to the will of the infinite. The human being, the human will, sorry, must be blended with the divine. This will bring the Holy Spirit to our aid. Listen, we have to commit everything, like, to the will of God. Like, we kind of got to get off our own little I'm going to do me thing. Because <laughs> I'm doing me, yeah, you're going to do me, and you're going to end up nowhere. <laughs> like, I'm going to do me, and yeah, it doesn't work. <laughs> like, you have to blend your will with God's will, and that's a beautiful, a beautiful thing. Keep going. You can't trust yourself. It's really, that's really, really what I'm trying to say here. You can't trust yourself. And let me ask you, for those who have trusted themselves, where did they get you? (laughs) Like, you cannot trust yourself. But you can begin to do some certain things to set yourself up to win, to set yourself up to be successful. Uh, A few of the things that that we're going to just go through, you can banish the defeated mindset. Because some of us just feel so defeated that it's kind of just like, man, whatever. Uh, you can establish specific and measurable goals. And these are some of the things that we want you to be doing this week, that we want to do together this week. You can follow a realistic plan. You can have checkpoints. Like some of us, like we're not, <laughs> we're not realistic. Like in January, we're like, all right, by December, I want to lose 50 pounds. All right. But there's no in between there. Like, come on, come on. In, sept- in February, let's, how many did you lose two? Like, come on. <laughs> like, like, like you got to have some checkpoints. You got to have some checkpoints along the way. Seek the support of your church, your family, and your friends. Um, hashtag GraceFit, throw that in there. We're going to talk more about that and how we want to just be able to support each other to have this holistic type of health. Um, write, write, write. Write your thoughts and your struggles down. Listen, let me tell you, you can talk a lot. And you can Snapchat a lot in the sermon while somebody's talking. You can, you can Instagram a lot. Listen, but when you write, <laughs> when you write something down, it makes it real. 
when you write something down, it, it kind of it kind of puts you in the spot to say, okay, listen, I'm actually going to do this. And begin developing your own personal mission statement. How many people have actually done that? We have, you know, mission statements at work. We have mission statements, uh, you know, at church. But your own personal mission statement, like wh- what you trying to do with your life? Where do you see yourself going? What are you What are you trying to do? Listen, through the right exercise of the will and an entire change may be made in the life. By yielding up the will to Christ, we ally ourselves with divine power. We receive strength from above to hold us steadfast. A pure and noble life, a life of victory over appetite and lust, is possible to everyone who will unite his weak, wavering human will to the omnipotent, unwavering will of God. What is that saying? That's saying it is possible. It's possible. If you submit your will to God, it's possible. It can happen. It can happen. It's a lifestyle change, though. It's a lifestyle change. It's a lifestyle change. It's not, it's not easy. It's not a quick fix. It's a lifestyle change. That's right. It's not a diet. It's a mind change. It's a choice that you have to make. It's a lifestyle change. So you're driving in the car. Bam, you got a flat tire. You're like, okay, sorry. I'm like, this is what I do. (sighs) I got a flat tire. Ain't nobody trying to deal with that right now. I'm just saying. That's me. You got a flat tire. So now, you got a few options. Like, you got a few options. Like, you can, um, I mean, you need to change it. You can call AAA. Maybe somebody, amen. I heard a few amens. Somebody might, somebody might be able to call AAA. Somebody, you know, might be able to get out the jack and all the rest of the stuff that goes with it. You know, somebody may have a spare in the back. You know, there are a few different options of, uh, you know, what you could do. There are a few different options. And one of the things that uh, somebody in here might know something about. Might, might have some in the trunk. One of the things you might have done is grabbed you a can of fix the flat. Fix flat. <laughs> and you open your can of fix the flat, you, you know, you do your spraying. Was it? It's, it, it's like a little instant fix the flat. It's a little instant fix so that it can get you to where you need to go. I mean, you know, it, I, I heard, listen, I came in um, this morning with my fix the flat, and uh, uh, the sound man in the back tried to. He said, are you okay? <laughs> Is your car all right? <laughs> are you, do you need help? I said, no, I'm okay. And then he said, did you use that? He said, because I used that. Listen, I want him to tell, tell can you tell us what happened? Listen, you loud enough, just tell, tell him what happened. He said he used the can of fix the flat. What happened when you used the can of fix flat? He got down five miles down the road. So what fix the flat would do? Fix a flat. You put the fix a flat. Oh man, I got a flat tire. Okay, let me pull out my fix a flat. I'm good. I mean, it ain't require me too much effort. I mean, I didn't really have to do anything. I didn't have to really make an investment because tires are expensive. Like, I don't know. I'm just saying it was my struggle. Tires are expensive. Ain't nobody got time for all of that. It's an investment. It's an investment that you got to make. 
And when you got a can of fixer flat that's gonna just, just gonna get you to where you need to go, it's gonna get me home. A tire is an investment. And so you use your can of fixer flat and you going. Oh man, I got a flat. Oh man, I got a flat. Oh man, I got a flat. And the question then, at what point, like, at what point do you decide to put down the can of fix a flat and get a new tire? At what point, man, our life is like this tire? And we try and quick fix. We try and quick fix everything. We try and quick, I mean, when I say this is life and what we'll do, we'll say, all right, my life is messed up. Let me take off the things that are of value. Because the things that are of value to me, I mean, my life, my life is there. But the things that are of value to me, I have them, they're on the outer part. So I'm going to take off the things that are of value because I don't want the things that are of value to get dirty. Well, I use my can of fix a flat. And so we'll take off the things of value and then we'll, we'll, we'll get down. With our can of fix a flat and try and fix the situation. And just like the tire went from point A to point B, only to stop again at point C. As homeboy said in the back, he, <laughs> he ain't get very far. It is the same thing that we do with life. We go from one quick fix to the next quick fix to the next quick fix. And God is like, do you realize that if you would just choose, like the choices in your hand, if you would just make the right choices, yeah. choose to just like invest in a new type, like invest in a new you. Like it might, it might require a little more attention. It might cost a little bit more, but you got to invest in a new you. In your hands, you should have a piece of paper. Listen. This is the beginning of this month, of the whole month. We're talking about a new you and what that can look like. And so I want you to write out some choices that you know you need to make. There are some choices that you know you need to make. You're sick of going from quick fix to quick fix. It's time, it's time to make some changes. I want you to write them. I want you to write them now. We're going to just, this is part of the service. If you need a pencil, there's some pencils. I believe Jordan maybe can help you. If you need something to write with, I want you to raise your hand. I want you to write them now because let me tell you something about writing something down. You can say I'm done. But it's something about writing something down and saying, listen, God, I'm sick of going from diet to diet. I just didn't start eating right. Like, for life. Like, I'm sick of these workout spurts that I go on. I just need to, you know, go sign up for the gym t t t tomorrow. But actually go, because, I mean, I've done that before. 
But it's about the choices. And let me promise you, if you actually choose, we just talked about the we just talked about the power of the will. If you actually choose and align that with God and pray about that thing, you'll be able to handle it. You'll be able to do it. If you actually decide you want to do it. If you decide you want to do it the right way and decide it's gonna be a lifestyle change and not a quick fix, you can do it. So we're just gonna give you some time just to go ahead and write. If you need a pencil or a paper, you can raise your hand. They're passing them out now. I want to make sure everyone had an opportunity to write because this is really not it's not just an activity it's not just busy work something to have you do um, but I really see this being the month for us to really become a new us and it starts right here it starts with the choice Not choosing is a choice. So I want to be clear that everybody under the sound of my voice made a choice today about what you're going to do. And not choosing is a choice. When you don't actively participate in making decisions, you are still choosing. You've chosen not to choose. And by doing nothing, you force change to be done to you. Wow. Nice. Choosing with thought and intention is your greatest power. If we said life is like this tire, life is heavy. 
We say life is like the tire. And if we don't choose to make the change, if we don't choose to say, I want to fix this thing, not the quick way, if we don't choose to change, it's telling us that the force, force change to, is going to be done to you. Like, you're, you're, change is going to happen whether you choose it or not. If you make the choice, you can do it the right way. For instance, with the tire, you have the choice to eventually go and buy a new one. If you don't, eventually the tire is going to shred to pieces. You're going, it's going to go, it's going to sputter, and the next thing you know, you're not moving. It's going to stop you dead in your tracks. It's the same thing with life. Today, we want to choose to do it intentionally, choose to do it on purpose, choose to do it now, rather than allowing our lives to completely fall apart, and then we really have no choice because we chose not to choose. If today you're saying you want to choose, I just invite you to stand. pray over the things that we wrote down. Simply praying, asking God to fill these things that we wrote, that they won't just be something that we wrote that we might have done before, but that this time we will align our will with his will so that we can see these things come to pass. There might be somebody here who's saying, listen, I, I wrote some things down, but I know I need to do a little bit more. I need to talk to somebody. I need to pray with somebody. I need to talk to the pastor. I might need to join this church. I might need to be baptized. If that's you and you, and you feel like that's the choice that God is telling you to make right now, I'm just asking that you would just raise your hand. If God is saying, listen, you've been going, you went through a whole can of fix a flat, trying to do this thing on your own, trying to make this thing work, but now you realize, like, the best way to do this thing is God's way, and just surrendering to him, and so if you want to make that choice, we invite you just to raise your hand at this time, we just want to pray with you, we want to make sure that we're there for you. there because I I had you write it down and that was my appeal to you. God is saying that you receive the word. You know there's some choices that you need to make. But I just want to invite I want to invite the people that are serious about this, serious about saying, listen, I want this month to be a new me. I want to be able to look back at this month and say, I can see a change. 
When I look back to January, I see what I didn't do. But when I look back over the month of July, at the end of this thing, I want to be able to, to identify the real differences that I see within myself. I want to invite you to come down. And I'm going to ask Pastor Evans just to pray. Uh, I also want you to bring your, 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 your seat with you. I want you to bring uh, the things that you've written down with you. But I, I want you just to come down so that we can have a prayer uh, just, to, just to ask God and to tell God that we're serious this time. Because some of you may have wrote it down just because it was in your hand, but I want, if you're serious, I want you to come down saying, I'm serious about making the choices that I wrote down so that we can pray over it. This is one of those appeals that if you're not careful, you can miss out on your blessing. I was listening very carefully to what the preacher was talking about. And she's not calling us to a quick fix. I think she made that abundant and clear. This is one of those appeals where you're literally deciding to change. And you're doing it publicly because you're saying, I'm for real about it. One of the things about church that I've discovered is, is you can hide in sermons, you can hide in songs, you can even hide in appeals because in essence you have no intention of changing. But whoa, was that not a word that we just heard? If you don't choose, and the older I'm getting, the more I'm realizing this. Oh, I wish I knew these things when I was younger. What I'm discovering is, is if you don't choose, the choice is going to be made for you. And so I wrote down here that I want to stop this ego thing of exercising, not walking. For me, it's ego. I feel like if I'm walking, I'm not really exercising. But I'm realizing that it's beyond trying to get ripped and buff but it's about taking care of my temple so I've got to make up my mind that every day I got to do something to take care of the temple I'm going to turn 40 in October and the legacy that I've been given in my family is hypertension high cholesterol heart attacks men die early men get prostate cancer it's real now if I don't eat right now, it's going to be made, the choice is going to be made for me by a nutritionist. Are you hearing me? Some of you, and it's, it's beyond just health. Some of you, oh, in your relationships, 